Welcome to the last episode of the Daily Election Series of the Brown and Black Podcast. My name is Jack Rico. And I'm Mike Sargent. And we have a brand new president of the United States of America, and his name is Joe Biden. After four long, anxious, tedious, restless days, we've reached a historic moment in the 2020 election. At 11.24 a.m. on a Saturday, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. has been elected the 46th president of the United States by the voters, making Donald J. Trump a one-term president after four years of tumult in the White House. Trump still has not conceded as of this moment and has announced, actually, that he will continue to fight to the bitter end to win his presidency. Putting Trump aside, Biden won Nevada and Pennsylvania's 20 electoral voters to put him on top and will take over a country in crisis, passionately divided under a second wave of a pandemic where it is reported for the fourth straight day that count has risen above 1,000 deaths. He will be the first candidate to beat an incumbent in more than a quarter of a century. Congratulations from all over the world are pouring in. The mayor of London, Sadiq Khan, tweeted, it's time to get back to building bridges, not walls. The mayor of Paris, Anne Hidalgo, tweeted, welcome back, America. Shouts of Biden and cheers broke out in Berlin, London, and other cities. Kamala Harris on her end, she makes history as first woman, black woman, and South Asian woman to be elected to the second highest ranking position in American politics as vice president of the United States. She is the daughter of an Indian mother and a Jamaican father. In one of the first statements from a GOP, a Republican lawmaker, Representative Fred Upton of Michigan, he has affirmed a Biden victory. I am raising my hand and committing to working with President-elect Biden, he said, and uh, Joseph Biden will address the nation tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern time for Wilmington. His campaign says you might be hearing this at 9 p.m. That's when he will speak. We won't have that. And because this is our last episode, Mike, of this daily episode series until the president was elected, and that's today, we'll probably have an episode next week. So let me begin with you. I think today, good one over evil. Do you agree with that? Yes. Overall, I do. I do think that we're still in for a ride. I think that, like you said, he's not going to let this go. And and as I kind of predicted, and so did, I guess, Bernie and Hillary, you know, he's got to fight this to the bitter end. I do think that the Republicans are in a better position than they were when this started because they actually have had more activity from Republican voters than ever before. 70 million voted for Trump. That's the most that any Republican presidential candidate has ever had in history. And same with our Democratic. 74, 75 million, most by any president ever. Exactly. So that says a lot about how much people want to be part of the process. And it also says something else, because the one thing about Biden, no one can say that Biden is was like the, the best choice, because we had, a, I think, a pretty good field of people going for the Democratic nomination. And he was sort of the most centrist 
of all of them. The fact that he got the nomination and he's known for being somebody who has, quote unquote, reached across the table, I think it says a lot for hopefully America to get back on track in some ways. What is the feeling out there in New York City? Uh, For those of you, I'm upstate New York. I'm in the middle of the woods. There are no people around here. Uh, It's silent. All I hear is birds chirping. I hear a lawnmower. Seriously, I'm nowhere near a honk. I'm nowhere near a a, a parade. Nothing. What is the vibe right, well, in, in New York right now? Listen, this afternoon when this hit, first I got a text from someone because people text me all the time. I don't, I don't watch the news, but people text me, so I always know what's going on. Somebody texts me, Biden won, and then I heard almost like New Year's or, or similar to when yeah. uh, what they were doing with the with the frontline workers at 7 p.m. So you started hearing they hear this hooting and hollering and hooting and hollering and it went on for like a couple hours i'd say up and down you know it's interesting when you look at all the the states and how they voted i think he got the lowest amount of votes in washington dc yeah which is ironic in my opinion So, Mike, on this episode, I thought we would explore the now what scenario. What will happen to Fox News after Trump leaves office January 20th? What will a Biden presidency mean for Latinos and blacks? How will Biden meet the challenge of unifying the country? Uh, but before we answer that, wanted to reiterate again, we have a brand new phone number for you to reach out to us for our next episode and tell us how you're feeling about a new Biden presidency. Or if you don't believe he's a legitimate president, will you continue to treat him like that, even though the voters have spoken, not the courts? Are you apathetic to the election? Call us at 949-891-2446. That's 949-891-2446. You can also follow us on Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. So, Mike, what happens now? under a brand new presidency. What are your particular expectations as an African-American man that has been looking at this disaster, at this sinking of this Titanic ship, at this reality show, at this circus for the last four years? What are you expecting Biden to do? And do you think he'll be able to pull it off under a Mitch McConnell, what looks to be a majority Senate for Republicans? A couple of things, just to put some context to my answer. I think like we were just talking about, you know, 70 million people. That's a significant amount of the population. That's a significant amount of Americans that have a viewpoint, have a ideology, have a perspective, see this country and themselves in a certain way. To me, what Biden's going to have to to do especially for people of color because there's the man biden there's harris they're the people who they are the, the president the vice president then there's also the party what have democrats really done for blacks and latinos the fact that the republicans could have reached out and increased their number of latino and black votes suggests that we're a force to be reckoned with and you better do something for us My hope is that they're going to listen and realize, oh, you can't just take us for granted. I think that the beef with Republicans right now is that they're going to have to deal with a couple of things in terms of the party. The party's fast becoming the party of white. 
the party of rural Southern voters whose resentment, fear, and anger continue to keep the Republicans in this constant state of war with their fellow Americans, with democracy itself. And I think that the constant denying of the Constitution and kind of recreating a brand new Constitution under Trump and the way he sees it, honestly, uh, the Republican Party to me has become more of a cult than it actually has as a political party constructed in the 1700s. And so for me, he could say as much as he wants that he's going to unify the party. A president cannot do that. Policies cannot do that. It has to come from society itself. They're going to have to want to unify. They're going to have to reach out the Republican to the Dem, the Dem to the Republican, and empathize with where we want America to be. And I think that because America is a social construct, uh, essentially, it's never been really been repeated before America. It's been monarchs ever since and dictators and so forth. This is still an experiment. We're one of the youngest countries in the world. Yeah, we're the most powerful because of money and military, but I don't think we've been able to figure ourselves out. And I think that's going to be a constant battle, I think, with both our parties and our ideologies of what America truly is. I agree with you. And I think there are two different Americas and two different realities. I would go so far as to say maybe close to 50 percent of people that voted for Biden voted for Biden, not because they love Biden or they love Kamala Harris, but because they wanted to get rid of Trump. He made a lot of mistakes and his ego got in the way. The, the forces, the Republicans that supported him and then all the policies, there's so many to name that people didn't pay attention to because they had such a enigmatic figure in the White House who was in the news every day. The the challenges you're talking about, I think they're, they're Herculean. Remember I was talking uh, a couple shows ago about what are they going to call the movement for mm. now it's to stop the steal. That's the movement. You know, the whole idea of a rise of people who feel that the present we have is illegitimate. It's just a germ of an idea now that will gain traction that aligned with the QAnon people feel justified in defying what is right. So that's a huge thing to overcome, in my opinion. I think one of the things that I am particularly looking for uh, from Biden's presidency with with Kamala Harris is we got to fix a a few things. Number one, we got to fix, I think, first and foremost, is the pandemic. We got to get a vaccine that everyone approves of. Fauci, either he's going to be given full authority to kind of just vote what he wants to do, but we got to get the pandemic under control in the United States of America. Once we get that in control, this whole idea that he, that from the Republicans in Fox news, that he just wants to, that Biden just wants to lock everybody in their houses and not have them do anything is I think a little far fetched, but we got to get the pandemic under control first. So that way we can fix the problems of the economy. Once the economy is there, then we can start talking about racial inequality in this country. Biden has proven that even though he won the majority vote for blacks and Latinos, there is a large emerging number of Latinos and blacks that are voting Republican. And the Democratic Party, if they want to secure 2024, 
They're going to have to fix these problems and reach out to them and start building these cities back where they should be, where they should have been in the last 400 years. We got to build black wealth. We got to build Hispanic immigration reforms in this country, police brutality reforms in this country, crime reforms in this country. We also got to talk about health care. This problem that Trump was fighting with with Democrats on removing pre-existing conditions from the health care and supposedly was abolishing afford- the Affordable Obamacare Health Act because he removed one individual policy with that and it's now, you know, better. It's the Trump care. Uh, Biden has a Biden care. And so the idea is how do we start creating maybe universal health care? Um, universal health care for all, uh, education. I mean, I mean th- there's a lot here that he has to do, and I don't think he can do that in four years, Mike. Well, I don't think he can do it in four years. I don't even years. think he can do that in eight years. I agree with every single thing you said. But what I think you can do, Trump, when he got into office, he started all these committees to investigate uh, voter fraud and committee to do stupidity, things that did nothing and disbanded. If you get a smart person in office, every single issue you have, you put task force, committees, people in. We're living in a different age, not just up to a bunch of white men, old white men in a room to decide on every aspect of our lives lives anymore we've got the squad we've got people we've got people who are going to have a say in all the policies that are coming forward and coming out of there and we have to address those big things those big five you mentioned i think the biggest hurdle will be getting everybody on board with some sort of mandate i don't think everybody's got to be able to stay indoors but they're going to have to have mandates for the country and will people follow it Right. Will and they feel will they feel they don't have to because they don't that's not my president. You and I have been talking previous to these political episodes. We were talking about pop culture and how the media landscape has already changed for 2021. There's been the biggest increase in black and Latino executives in positions of authority to change image reputation than any other time in media history. Same thing is happening with politics. You recently sent me a photo of the amount of black, gay, LGBTQ plus politicians yes. that have been voted for for yes. Congress, the House, et cetera, et cetera. Along with the squad, we're we're looking at a brand new sort of generation of politicians starting from the ground up that right. could influence 2024 and 2028. I mean, look, Georgia just flipped. Arizona just flipped from red to blue. Nevada, which is a swing state, that flipped. Obviously, the blue wall went from the red mirage to the blue wall again. So it seems that we'll continue to have these flips. And look, I don't know about you, even though as many Republicans as they voted 70 million, 75 million cannot be ignored. It looks like the country's going more blue than they are red. They had talked about what they thought was going to be a blue wave, but it turned out to be a blue undertow. (laughs) Right. (laughs) I I was watching, I I flip around, I watch CNN, MSNBC, BBC, and Fox News, as I said. And on Fox News, you know, you see them showing all the Trump supporters, a couple people wearing a mask, maybe none. You flip to the Biden side, these people are all wearing masks. And that right now may not seem like a huge cultural divide, but it is a cultural divide because it is a cultural divide that part of the health of the country is hinged on 
the the key thing you said there that I think is further down the list, education, not just the educational system, but educating people to realize. And like you said on another show, believe in science again. That's a task. That is a task. One that's going to be extremely difficult under a Mitch McConnell majority Senate. So here's the situation. Right now we have a tie for Senate majority, 48 versus 48. Mitch McConnell, Lindsey Graham, they won their respective positions, and we're waiting for a runoff, two runoffs, two in Georgia. We're waiting for that to happen, and if they become, if these runoffs happen for the Senate, now we're talking that we could have a majority Senate be Democratic that would actually help make a lot of these policies for Biden, a reality, unlike Obama in his second term, where McConnell essentially, dude, uh, Obama in the second term was the president of executive orders. I mean, much like, <laughs> you know, Trump for a while. And who can make policies happen when you have a full Senate that is saying no to everything? Supposedly, McConnell is going to deny all the cabinet members that Biden wants. We probably won't see Bernie Sanders as Secretary of Labor. We probably won't see Elizabeth Warren as Secretary of State. We're going to have to pick a lot of Republicans to come as part of the cabinet of the presidency. And that's not good for Democrats because you're going to have Republicans mostly trying to poo-poo everything he does. Mike, actually, here's the question I have for you. If you're the president of the United States, but the checks and balances of the Senate are constantly going against you and you can't pick your cabinet, you can't pick a Supreme Court justice, then why even bother being president? In my opinion, politics is not a short game. It's a long game. You know, the long game is you have to set up things for the future. We can only hope that Biden can course correct put us back on course. He's not going to solve all our problems. He can put us back on course. Maybe he'll score a couple knots, a couple wins. Maybe he'll get the economy going. Maybe he'll get certain rights, civil rights given back. Foreign and, policy will probably... Yeah, yeah, some foreign policy will get back. Maybe women don't have to worry about losing their, their, their reproductive rights. A few things will happen. But what he will set in motion, and part of what has been set in motion this year, not just his presidency. But what has been set in motion are things that can't be changed. Uncovering the face of America that can't be changed. America's position on the, the world stage, that that has to be dealt with. It can't be changed where it's at now. It, ha it has to be dealt with. We got to go back to the Paris Agreement. We got to go back and redo that NATO deal. We have to work hard to become an advanced nation. We call ourselves advanced. We're not. No, China's advanced right now, not us. All those countries that were able to beat this virus, those are advanced nations. Those are advanced cultures. Those are cultures that advance beyond money-making, capitalism, classism, to having a country and a government and a society that is advanced. I'll tell you personally, I think one, some of the things that Biden also needs to do to unify the Republicans is he needs to get factories back in shape in these small towns of Pennsylvania. And I think that's some of the promises that he made with the working class white Americans. You know, if you see, if you, I'm not sure if you saw that movie Nomadland with Francis McDormand, uh, that is considered now one of the best movies of 2020, probably a front runner at the Oscars for best picture. I don't know if any other movie can beat it up to now. It's very topical at the moment really talks about a woman who's 
essentially city and town was wiped out of the map because the factory went to shit, you know, it burned up. And so she had to live in the streets and that's what the movie's about, about meeting a particular group of Americans that really depend on factories for their well-being. If those jobs don't come back to America, if some of the things, you know, believe it or not, some of the things I actually liked about Trump was the fact that not that he was making us an isolated country, but the fact that he was somehow in a twisted, warped way bringing jobs back to America, telling Apple, you can't take everything out to China. You can't do these things. You got to bring those jobs here and pay people what they are. I heard Florida, one of the things that Florida did well out, you know, apart from voting for Trump, they got a $15 minimum wage actually approved. That is good for America. I don't know what it means overall, because that $15 is going to be upheld like around 2026. But if you can start creating more infrastructure jobs, bringing factories to reopen in these small towns where working class whites feel that they are wealthy, they're part of the middle class, that they're not the forgotten ones, then we are cooking with oil, my friend. I agree with that 100%, but I think equally, there's a complete distrust for federal authority. Obama won because we needed a change from how bad things were won. Trump won because politics was still the same. Politicians, corruption, those things were over now. Yes, did it get worse? He said he cleaned the swamp. No, he brought swamp creatures with him. But at the end of the day, a large part, I believe, of the both the black and Latino community Okay, and Americans at this point is a distrust of government, a distrust that government has your best interests at heart, that government's not been bought off. So mandates to get this health crisis, that's going to be a tough thing. By the way, and just before we finalize, I've been hearing some talk that Trump is going to run for president again in 2024. I thought you couldn't do that. Then there was some talk, and actually I've been sort of thinking about this as well, that one of the Trump kids is going to be running for president versus one of the squad members. But no one's going to run under, if Biden and Kamala are still there, no one's going to run against them. It's just going to be the incumbent going in for another four years. Mm. So will Donald Trump Jr. run? Will Ivanka run? Will Trump himself run? Even though I don't think he can actually do that, but that's been some of the rumors that have been popping up around Twitter and social media that I'm very curious about. I'll do more research on. But supposedly the whole thing is that Trump is going to be the legitimate president in martyr. Yes. He's going to be out. He's going to be the president outside of the White House. And everyone, and whatever he says is the way the Republican Party is going to go. But I feel that this is the perfect moment for the Republican Party to shed him out and choose a new Republican leader. I do think that the Republican Party is going to have to transmogrify itself. But I do believe at some point there has to be some kind of a split. Donald Trump and his followers, they're going to remain. They, they, a leader needs his followers. The followers need their leader. It's not like Donald Trump's just going to disappear unless they can put him in jail. But wait a minute. What about this? What about this, Mike? You and I were talking in the last episode that we wanted a third party. I don't know about America overall, but the Republican Party now has a legitimate third party. It's the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, and the Trump Party. And what if this new party actually elects a Trumpian president candidate? 
to go against the Republicans. I think forevermore there will be a Trumpian candidate. I think that we will hear that term for the next 40 years. Yeah, because 70 million people is nothing to dismiss. It's, it's nothing gonna to dismiss. It's going to be a force in this country. Even if we can convert half of them back to, you know, thinking differently, that's still a significant... Right now, we're talking about 40% of the country. And we also got to be taken into consideration people under the age of 18 that will become 18. Yeah. And are the, Remember, yeah. young people are mostly Democrats than they are Republicans. So that's something to also be taken into account too yep. if Trump wants a new party. True. But here's what I also think. I think the Democratic Party is going to have to reshape itself too. Absolutely, man. If you got a centrist running things and you got the left got in the room, the far, far left got in the room and the the Green Party, everything, throw out the whole book, start from scratch is also in the room. This is going to be a shit show, man, for the next four (laughs) years, man. There's going to be infighting in every single way you could possibly imagine. If you live outside of the country and you're an expat or an American outside of the country, don't come back. Stay wherever you are for the next four years until, you know, the, the, the smoke clears a little bit. Right. And yeah. And if you're here in America right now, you're in it to win it. You're here for the long haul. And it's going to be all of us together joining forces to work out our differences and finally put this country where the founding fathers initially wanted to put it as one of the shining beacons of light throughout the world. Well, that's it for this 23rd episode of Brown and Black. Thank you for listening. And if you would like to support this podcast, please subscribe to our show and leave a review. Your help will allow us to be heard by many more people. Again, we have a brand new phone number. Reach out to us. It's 949-891-2446. That's 949-891-2446. You can also follow us at Brown Black Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. We're probably going to be coming up with a new episode uh, in the upcoming week. Uh, We're going to take a break for now, kind of just realign ourselves, recalibrate from everything that's been going on. But it was a pleasure talking to you, Mike, and kind of breaking down what is a historic moment. We just went through a historic moment right before our very eyes. I'm glad that I've been a part of it with you. I'm glad that we had a chance to talk to the American people, to us, to kind of decipher things. And I'm going to leave the last word with you, Mike. Well, I feel I like the analogy you made that we're like in the middle of this 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 reality show. This so this is like the the end of the season cliffhanger. He's the <laughs> president elect now. Monday, the new season, but Trump won't back down. You know, this season <laughs> it's an ABC soap opera, man. It's it's going to so, be yeah. interesting. Well, with that yes. said, ladies and gentlemen, see you next week on another episode of Brown and Black. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.